everyone. This is the Celebrating 60-Something Podcast, and I am so glad you're here. I have been on a vacation to Hawaii, and it was a little bit more laid back than I'm used to, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. It's my favorite month of the year, as I've told you before. It's a beautiful day outside, and I hope you are having a great week. I just want to remind you about the Celebrating 60-Something website and blog, And I hope that you will visit that often. And you can also get the past podcasts there. You can leave comments. You can send me an email. And you can read any of the blog posts, of course, that are there. So I hope you'll take an opportunity to visit that. How many of you have ever had a broken heart? Heartbreak, unfortunately, is a common part of the human experience. And it really, really sucks. I've been there. And my guess is most of you have, too. I'm probably safe in saying none of us ever want to experience heartbreak ever again. We feel heartbroken when we lose someone we loved very much, such as the end of a romantic relationship or a close friendship or the loss of a family member. We can even feel heartbroken when we lose a beloved pet, our job, or even something we treasure like a wedding ring. Our hearts can be broken at the loss of opportunities as well. We can feel brokenhearted for what could have been or for disappointing circumstances we see loved ones or even ourselves in. When my son was struggling with drug addiction, I was brokenhearted for who I thought he could have been instead of who he was, and for the life he could have enjoyed and the wonderful experiences he missed. I am so grateful that he is experiencing a full life now. Heartbreak can cause a large amount of stress, especially if the loss is a sudden one or we continue to feel that loss day after day. This stress can affect how we feel emotionally and physically and may take weeks, months, or even years to recover from. Studies show that our brain registers the emotional pain of heartbreak in the same way as physical pain, which is why we might feel like our heartbreak is actually causing a hurt in our chest. Takotsubo cardiomyopathy is a temporary heart condition that develops in response to an intense emotional or physical experience. It's also known as stress cardiomyopathy or broken heart syndrome. In this condition, the heart's main pumping chamber changes shape, affecting the heart's ability to pump blood effectively, and one might experience shortness of breath, dizziness, shoulder pain, or even loss of consciousness. There's a lot of symptoms that could happen. But there's another kind of broken heart. This is where our heart is physically broken, not working correctly, and not functioning properly. This, too, can be caused by stress or anxiety over long periods of time and our lifestyle choices. Or it could be hereditary, meaning we inherited the genes or the tendency of a parent or an ancestor. People can be born with a heart defect or develop heart disease for no apparent reason. Unfortunately, this kind of broken heart is all too common in our society. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States, One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. About 655,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. Now, when you think about all the people that die on a daily basis, one out of every four of them dies because of heart disease. Some life-threatening issues and diseases caused by an unhealthy heart include heart attacks. We're all familiar with that. The blood flow that carries oxygen to the heart is partially or completely cut off. Heart attacks are caused by blocked arteries. Heart failure. 
This happens when the heart isn't able to pump blood in and out the way it normally does. Coronary heart disease, or CHD, occurs when plaque builds up in the two coronary arteries in your heart. It kills the most people of any heart problem. And strokes. These happen when blood flow from your heart to your brain is impaired or ceases. Do you by any chance know the top eight food items on the cardiologist's list of things to avoid to maintain a healthy heart? Well, I'll bet you that a couple of them are on your list of favorite foods as well. Number one, bacon, sausage, and other processed meats. I love bacon. Number two, potato chips and other processed or packaged snacks. I absolutely love sour cream and onion potato chips. Number three, dessert of any kind. Number four, too much protein, usually red meat. Five, fast food. That includes all fast food. Number six, energy drinks or highly caffeinated drinks. Number seven, added salt. If you look on the cans of so many products out there on the shelves, there's a ton of sodium added. And finally, coconut oil. Do you remember when everyone was saying coconut oil was actually good for you and the whole country was literally eating it by the spoonful? Sometimes we don't take heart disease as seriously as we should. We get our blood pressure checked when we have our annual checkup, but we don't think much about it otherwise. That was me. I always had low blood pressure my whole life, and I also had a very slow heart rate. When in the hospital for gallbladder surgery, everyone was commenting on my low, slow heart rate. You must be an athlete or something, they said. Your heart rate is 42 beats a minute. Hmm, lucky me. I also don't have any of the several other medical conditions or lifestyle choices that can put people at a higher risk for heart disease, including diabetes. Not in my family that I knew of anyway, and no high cholesterol either. In fact, my cholesterol has always been pretty low. Being overweight or obese. I've maintained a healthy weight throughout most of my life, I think. Eating an unhealthy diet. Well, I've downed my fair share of junk food like the potato chips, but I always did try to eat a healthy breakfast and include vegetables during the day. And I love salads, and I'm not a big meat eater. Physical inactivity. Not me. I love hiking, biking, kayaking, walking, and I had a gym membership that I actually used for many years. Drinking too much alcohol. Not a, not me. I'm a teetotaler. Always have been. And I have never smoked, which is another bad lifestyle choice. Really bad. Managing stress levels. Ah, well, there, I didn't do so great. Yeah, okay, so I'm an intense person. And after many years of denying it, I finally am willing to admit I am a perfectionist. Not that my house is always perfectly spotless. It isn't. But I don't function well if it's disorganized and not picked up. If I do something, I want it to be my best effort, whether that be a presentation or giving a lesson in church or even cleaning a room, even if I'm making a home craft. I like it to be the best I can do. And holidays, well, you know, they have to be sort of Norman Rockwell-ish. And I said in another podcast that I allowed my family to depend on me for everything, and I ran myself crazy trying to do all and be everything for everybody. My children and some of their choices gave me stress over the moon, as I have also mentioned before. But you know what? They didn't give me the stress. I took the stress. I made their choices mean something about me when it didn't. I worried what people would think when I shouldn't have. I agonized over things that I had no control over, and I lived in a constant state of anxiety and stress for many years. But remember, worry is experiencing the feelings you are so afraid you will experience if whatever it is you're worrying about actually happens. 
and it might not. And if it does, you will experience all that anxiety all over again. So don't worry. I know it's easier said than done, but it is so worth learning to be able to do that. Well, several years ago, my blood pressure went from low to high in a heartbeat, if you'll excuse the pun. (laughs) I can remember what was going on in my life, so even when the issues were resolved, my high blood pressure was here to stay. Then, a few years after that, while at the gym no less, I experienced a racing heart. I dealt with that then, and now I had a cardiologist whom I saw every three months. Then it happened a few years later, only this time it was different. It was a fluttering in my chest, especially at night. Back to see the cardiologist, who I wasn't seeing so regularly anymore. I dealt with that, and after a few years, he said he thought I would be good to go and that everything was taken care of. By the way, do you know the signs of a heart disease or a heart attack? Number one, aching in the shoulder and chest. Number two, snoring and sleeping problems. Number three, difficulty with sexual function. Number four, irregular heartbeat. Five, sore gums and jaw and other mouth problems. Six, puffy legs and feet. Seven, shortness of breath or heaviness in the chest and fatigue. Eight, dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea, heartburn, or stomach pain. Nine, persistent cough. And ten, random bouts of cold sweats. I don't know if they're in the right order or not, but I find some of those really eye-opening. For instance, the cough or the sore gums. Why am I telling you all of this boring but scary stuff? Because if you do not have heart disease and you are in your 50s or 60s, please, please, please control your stress and don't let it control you. Make healthy food choices and avoid salt, caffeine, and red meat. But still enjoy life, however that looks for you. Continue to exercise every day. If there is nothing you can do about it, then don't risk your health by worrying about it and stressing over it, which, again, I know, is easier said than done. Take some time to meditate. Listen to soothing music, breathe, and relax. At least do that, and try not to worry. And as a side note, might I suggest acupuncture. I was always a little skeptical about it, but I'll tell you what. The one I have been seeing is a miracle worker, especially on my arthritis in my thumb joints. And talk about relaxing, I look forward to my appointment every week. And there is one more reason I'm telling you all of this. My cured heart issues are back, along with a couple of new ones and my life has slowed way down. And I've been seeing my cardiologist regularly again. How strange that just a few years ago, I was thinking I was an athlete or something because my heart was so slow. Which, by the way, is called bradycardia and needs to be checked out by a doctor. Unless you really are some kind of an athlete in your 60s. Like I've said in the past, I love doing this podcast. I have had a blast and feel like I was just hitting my stride when I got smacked down with some new heart issues and symptoms. So, even though I hope to continue to do a podcast now and again, I won't be doing a regular one. But you know what? I did it. I'm so proud of myself for facing the fear and actually doing it, even though it scared me to death. There are so many things I want to do as a 60-something-year-old person, so I have to prioritize putting what is most important first. But I hope to continue the blog and do a better job with that and still enjoy my friends on social media. So in the meantime, you should check out some of the podcasts you might have missed. Maybe you listened to the first podcast, a lot of reasons to celebrate, but what about leaving a legacy or gratitude includes the little things? What are you most grateful for and what is really important to leave to your children and grandchildren? 
Of course, it's ironic that one of the highest listened to podcasts was Managing Fear, Stress, and Anxiety. So even if you listened to it when it first came out, listen to it again. Pull the dream out of the drawer and 60-something and making a difference where we talk about amazing things we can still accomplish in our 60s. Remember those? Life coach lessons, being a lifelong learner, and fun times with grandma where my daughter and friends shared such good advice and fun ideas. And we even talked about things we don't like to talk about, like exercise, or I mean activity, drug addiction, and mom guilt. And thanks to everyone who sent in a Christmas story. I love stories and Christmas ones are the best. I hope to be able to plan ahead and do the Christmas Stories podcast again for sure. Or maybe pantyhose, leggings, and jeggings, oh my. Or hang onto your hat. Or hair and heels were more your type of podcasts. Did you try something new or different after listening to any of those? And of course, travel tips, forget-me-not, and a couple of others. I hope you enjoyed listening because I sure had a great time creating them. And like I've said a million times, I learned so much. Regardless, like I mentioned, I still plan on keeping the Celebrating 60-something website and blog, and I hope to continue to post on the blog from time to time, as well as do an occasional podcast, so check that out occasionally. Or better yet, subscribe and you will get an email every time there is a new blog post or a podcast. Let's be optimistic and watch for loads of wit and wisdom, not, (laughs) on my Facebook page and Instagram. We'll see how that goes, because I really wish someone would teach me how to do all the fun things on social media that I don't know how to do. Thanks to all my new friends, whether on social media or the podcast. Please stick around. Well, that's it. That's all. Truly, it has been a delight, and hopefully it won't be forever, and I can continue to do a podcast here and there. Who knows? I could be back in a heartbeat. And today just seems like the perfect time to play the longer version of my music. So enjoy. Now go out and enjoy the day and stop sweating the small stuff.